Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Clues. Underwear drawers. They're not organized. They're like the, the Wild West, the final frontier of wardrobes. Mm. And there's no rhyme or reason to them. You got ones that are super old, uh, different brands, etc. You don't know what to expect. But now I have felt the buttery soft comfort of me undies. And now I want to replace the whole drawer with me undies because those are my now go-to. I'm currently wearing their long sleeve shirt and <laughs> my, um, <laughs> which is not what this uh, ad is about, but I am also wearing the super soft, sustainable modal fabric thong with no roll black waistband. Mm. You want that. You don't want it to be rolling. You don't want it to be showing. And I'm hooked. I don't want to wear anything else. It's all got to go now. Well, this ad actually is kind of about that pace case. Everybody knows MeUndies <laughs> makes great underwear. It's in the name, MeUndies. But it's not just about underwear. You can explore the lounge collection featuring comfy joggers, hoodies, onesies, and a whole bunch more. And their Move Me activewear collection is the softest activewear on the market. There's no doubt about it. Right now, you can get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at MeUndies.com slash roses. That's MeUndies.com slash roses for 20% off plus free shipping. MeUndies, comfort from the outside in. This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace Case, if you know me, and you do, mm-hmm. you know that I'm yeah. working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep. And I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. I'll, oh, The Bachelor? Uh, that book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. Mm. I will sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen. It's nice to get some time away from the screen. I also will incorporate some R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice. It truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need to help you drift off into the dreamland. Mm. As more and more people are looking to prioritize sleep, Organic Just Tart Cherry is having a moment thanks to Tart Cherry's potential sleep-related benefits and potential to aid in muscle recovery when you get those gains like clues. We're seeing this in the viral sleepy girl mocktail trend on social media. R.W. Knutson has a whole lineup of natural juices with zero added sugar, so you can feel good about adding them to your wellness routine. It's all about celebrating those daily wins. Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice is made from tart cherries, which may help you get a better night's sleep because they have natural melatonin. R.W. Knutson crushes only 100% real ingredients 
so you can crush everything you do. Pick up a bottle at your local grocery store today. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. Wait, we no, got I together. Didn't. Yes, you did. Yes, we didn't you did. even see girls. We were at a rodeo. We chased cows while y'all were getting dick slung in your face. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues. And today you will be joining us for our final analysis of the last two games of season three of Love is Blind on Netflix. That's episode 11 and 12. It's the wrap-up of the remaining weddings and then the reunion, which, in my opinion, was probably the most important episode of the entire season. I love the reunions. And (laughs) we saw... I can't believe this is the end. And we also saw some things tonight that I was not prepared for. We finally saw the cuties scene that I had heard so much about. Yes. We definitely will be discussing this uh, when we get to it in this episode. And let's get to it, Clues. Let's do it. Let's do what we came here to do. And now, Pace Case and Bachelor Clues proudly present analysis of play in this week of our beloved game. This is Game of Roses. All right, so we jump right into episode 11. It is a continuation straight from the cliffhanger of episode 10. Nancy has said she does to a uh, marriage with Bartise. And now we get to see Bartise's reaction. Bartise says, dot, dot, dot. We hang on him for a long time. They do a very good job in the show of really <laughs> getting as many minutes out of the waiting for the response as they can. But finally, Bartise says, I do not. We cut out to the audience. Nancy's mom and brother wonder what they're even here for. What are they doing this for? If he's just going to say no. WTF. Uh, Bartise asks Nancy if she wants to talk about it. She says no. She walks out. Her maid of honor follows her and her mom goes to chase after her. I think it's a little error that she didn't rip the forever bracelet off with her teeth right here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, she gets to it later. I mean, Jesus. I know, but I thought it would have been a great spot for it. (laughs) No, I agree. Ripping any kind of forever bracelet off with your teeth at any time. uh, Very good. But especially right when you get dumped at the altar. That's where you get maximum value out of that play. But here, uh, she walks out with her maid of honor. Her mom chases after her. Bartise then leaves as well. And uh, we see Nancy's mom saying, I don't like that. And or Sorry, it's Bartise's mom saying, I don't like that. Nancy then tells her mom and bridesmaids not to hug her as Bartise takes her kind of behind the mansion into this little secluded area to explain himself. And Nancy's mom tries to get involved. And Nancy's like, go away. Yeah. <laughs> this is between us. And you get a sense right here for the first time that maybe Nancy's mom, maybe even the rest of her family, don't quite understand what's going on here. Nancy and Bartise get it. This is a reality show. They've both signed a contract that forces them to go to this altar and wait for each other's answer. And I don't feel like Nancy's family truly gets what this is. They seem really actually emotionally affected by this. They think it's all real. I loved this family play. I'm hoping that it was all just set up to do this as to like maximize the victimization edit for Nancy, which I think that it did. And we get tears from Bartise's Dad, we get Nancy's brother's tears. Nancy's brother is fighting with the bridesmaids. They're 
the bridesmaid's like, you were right. Your sister was too much for him. And the brother's like, I wish I was wrong. It's like we're having this like really intense family drama here. And Nancy's mom says he's not ready for your sister, but you were right. It's okay to be upset. Um, and Bartis and Nancy, the tenor of their conversation is more like, he's like, yeah, I mean, in the real world versus the pods, we didn't connect. <laughs> yeah. Look, to me, it seemed very much like they had probably already had this conversation. She doesn't seem that shocked or surprised by it. Yes, in the moment, you can, uh, you know, conjure up some emotions. You can make it seem like it's really affecting you. But I think they both knew this was the outcome of this. That's the sense I got from it. Wait, why would Nancy say yes if she knew this was the outcome? Gameplay. In Look, and we'll get into this. Oh, my God. Look, do you want to go down the um, the uh, Instagram numbers? Am I just taking Opto to 2023 too seriously? <laughs> when you get to this point in the game, if you know you're not going to wind up married, you have really two options. And I don't know how they determine who, who gets to uh, say I do or I don't first. I don't know if that's a producer decision. I don't know exactly you know, what the order of that is. But if you are the person who goes first and you know the other person is going to say no, you will always say I do. That is a strong strategy because then you get victimized. In these breakups, what you're looking for, if you're not going to be in the relationship, you want to be the victim. You want to be the person who gets dumped. I mean, it's we can look at the Instagram numbers, but I think it's 100% lock. The victims have more Instagram uh, numbers than the people who dumped them. In every case... What about Cole? Cole has more than Zainab. Oh, shit. Her victimization play, which we will get to a little bit later, backfired on her. Hmm. At any rate, I think that's potentially why Nancy did it. Yeah, you're right. You want the victim position. The numbers don't lie. I'm curious what the season one and two numbers are on that. I am as well. We haven't done that data, but I do have, which we'll be going through at the end of this program. I have all of the Instagram counts of the final players from this season. And uh, some of them are interesting. Andrew, for example, who we all remember, he's one of the forgotten that came back. He has 99,000 Instagram followers. That's 100K. This man got more than almost everybody on the past two seasons of Bachelorette. I mean, why would you even sign up for The Bachelor at this point? If you can be a forgotten... And get 100K. Oh, you admitted he's a forgotten. Well, I mean, I'm just uh, admitting, you know, what you say he is. To me, he's not. To me, he's a player. I wrote out his fucking Instagram number. I went through and looked at his Instagram. At any rate. All right. We're all players. <laughs> forgotten are players. They're just not good at playing. Or are they? He got 99,000. Except for Andrew. <laughs> we will get to, uh, again, that Instagram chart a little bit later. But here in this scene, Bartice basically. Uh, goes after Nancy's mom and says, would you rather me have said yes today? And her mom says, why did you let her go through all this if you weren't going to say, if you were just going to say no? And I've written in all caps here, uh, the contract they signed at the beginning of the show mandates that they have to do this. Go to the ceremony. Yes, exactly. They are forced to get up there. Do you have to have your family there? That I don't think so. Um, and you also probably can tell your family like, hey, look, <laughs> we're not going to say yes to this, so don't get too worked up. You could probably have done that. She didn't clearly hear. If I was not going to do it, I would pay a bunch of actors to to play the family as a <laughs> fake wedding. That's a strong experimental strategy. Just a whole room full of actors to do whatever. Experimental strategies can do so well. Just look at Andrew. He got 100K for one scene. For dropping some eye drops in his eyes. You just, you just need one good idea. 
one good idea and a bottle of eye drops. Eventually, the entire family shows up to get into this argument with Bartise, and Nancy's brother wonders out loud why he would waste so much motherfucking time with his sister. Again, the contract. Nancy tells her brother, this is not for you to understand, and her brother demands an explanation, and Nancy is like, we'll talk later. She says between her and Bartise, she needs them to back off, and she gets them to leave. Nancy and Bartise then walk deeper into the property as her brother and mom continue to acknowledge that her brother was right the whole time that Bartise was not going to end up with her. And he calls Bartise a punk and a little boy. And he keeps saying, I just wish this was the one time I don't want to be right. This was the one time I don't want to be right. And their emotion seems real. Not a little boy attack. Yeah. <laughs> That's too young to be serious. That's not a grown ass man. But it does seem here that Nancy's family is really emotionally invested in this. They believe all of this is real. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems like Nancy does too. And like would have gotten married though. So yeah, it seems like that, doesn't it? I just think it was a play. I think it was a play. I could be wrong. This is my perception of it only. Oh my God. I'm too opto. I I don't know. Well, I mean, she says that she didn't think he was going to say no. Don't. I said, don't blindside me. Don't send me a shot saying, we got this. You fucking gaslit me. That's what she does say to him. No, I mean, he did do that. We, we saw that. She sent him the nice basket with all the little knickknacks in it, the protein bars that one of his source boys consumed. We now have corroboration. That was one of the source boys that consumed it. Bartise himself commented on one of our posts to corroborate that. Thank you, Bartise, for clearing up the protein bar mystery. What we do see here is... Nancy successfully playing a victimization uh, play. You blindsided mm -hmm. me. You gaslit me. He maintains that he did fall in love with her, but he was going back and forth on a decision. Nancy says, uh, well, all this means nothing. How could you say, he wonders then how she could have said yes if immediately it all means nothing. This mm -hmm. is not a bad uh, line of logic, in my opinion. She's, yeah. And then she says, because he didn't choose her, she's sad, but she said yes. He said no. How is that not black and white? She won't backtrack. She wants to rip the forever bracelet off because it means nothing now. And she rips it off, just tsh, breaks it, leaves it there on the stairs. And she says, we're done. And he says, all right. They walk out. Nancy ripping <laughs> off the forever bracelet. Although it, some argue it would have been more powerful doing at the altar was my... Play, 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 play of the game. It was a strong play. Absolutely a strong play. It's very reminiscent to me of a Bachelor play, throwing the ring back. Uh, you know, this doesn't mean what it used to mean. All that kind of stuff. Hannah Brown, Hannah and Sluice. The Sluice is loose. The Sluice is loose here in Nancy, in spirit at least. But uh, then Bartise ITM's feeling like an asshole, but he knows he made the right decision. Falling in love wasn't enough for them to go forever, but he doesn't think he did anything wrong. Nancy ITM's tears, her heart is shattered and broken at being blindsided. She thought if she loved him for who he was, that he would do the same. There's no point to love someone who doesn't love you back. And we get the main titles. This was the fucking opening teaser, basically, of the show. And produces tears. This is why this play was so strong by Nancy. You're right. It makes it this... Whether it's for TRR or not, yeah. it makes it this huge victimization edit. And it kind of highlights what I thought was an extraordinary performance by both her and her family. Like, I was like, I'm watching... <laughs> 
it was just very dramatic, very yeah. passionate. I I love to see all of her family uh, get in there. I do too. And I also, I just got to mention, this is essentially the cold open of this episode. In Bachelor, your cold open is Jesse Palmer saying, tonight on The Bachelor. And then you just get a bunch mm-hmm. of shots of different people crying and shit you've seen in other promos and stuff that's cut out of context to make you think something important happens when nothing really does. Here in this show, I think because it's streaming, they are not beholden to like commercial ad breaks and shit like that. They say, we're going to give you this five-minute chunk, this 10-minute chunk of something that's actually really important. It's the conclusion of the thing we left you with last episode. The cliffhanger is answered immediately, powerfully. This is how you make a reality dating show in 2023, in my opinion. I guess this was 2022, but you get what I'm saying. We didn't see 15 minutes of the previous episode that we had just finished. That comes later when they do all the recaps of the the dating. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) They put it in a different spot. (laughs) That's right. That's how you do it on streaming. You mix it up. You scatter it throughout. It's not all front loaded. We cut to Alexa and Brennan wedding day. Oh, I should say that Clues updated me on the Brennan news. Uh, So I definitely have a different perspective on this, especially on the reunion episode now. Same. But for those who don't know, Brennan... Uh, just a few weeks prior to the show, an accusation that he had engaged in domestic violence with an ex-girlfriend was levied against him. A grand jury was called who then found not enough evidence to go to trial. So the charges were dropped. But that's out there. There are a bunch of articles about it. You know, Feel free to Google and read. And it brings up this question that a bunch of reality shows, especially dating reality shows, now have to deal with seemingly on a consistent basis. How is this possible? Yeah. How, how do people like this keep getting cast in these shows? I don't know. That said, the charges were dropped. And it was like a recent thing, too. But they didn't know, right? Has the casting said whether they knew or not? That I haven't read. I haven't looked up if there are any articles, but I'm sure they are either, you know, silent about it or claim to have known nothing. Nonetheless, these allegations were out there. And I'm sure this is something that at this point, obviously, Alexa knows about it, but I'm sure this is something she would have liked to have known in the pods. And maybe that would have changed an outcome. No shit. But they are now. I mean, we'll get to to the outcome of this thing, but they are married and seemingly still happy and in love. So... You know, there's there's an argument to be made, I think, on either side of this. Make the, the decisions for yourself. I don't know. But the fact that these types of allegations seem to come up in virtually every season of virtually every dating show that exists is fucking insane, in my opinion. I don't know how it's possible with the internet for this to keep happening. And obviously, it's, you know, it happens in our beloved game. It happens on Love Island. They pulled a guy mid-game because they found out he had done porn. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't seem to be... And, like, the stakes are so high, too, for... I mean, yeah, it's very shitty. Nonetheless, he is in this program. He is in this document. We must cover his gameplay. And so he arrives at this mansion in the source and the ITMs that he was skeptical, but he found somebody. He loves her. uh, Easy conversations with her. Loves her sense of humor. She's going to be an awesome mom. She told him if he was two feet tall... Or a lot worse looking, it didn't matter for her. 
<laughs> and this harkens back to Bartisa's error when Nancy's brother asked him if she gained 400 pounds if he'd still love her and he said well looks do matter why are we coming up with these horrible <laughs> this is like if I were a worm would you still love me this is like that discourse just I know but here <laughs> we learned that Alexa played the, the worm discourse correctly by saying it doesn't matter if you're a worm and we get a recap of their time in game this is where they slow the pace of the show down finally Alexa shows up she ITMs being ready to marry. Feels like they've been together for years. It's only been a month, but it feels like years. Her bridesmaids arrive. She ITMs no cold feet. She's excited. She's ready. Her bridesmaids ask if she thinks there's any reservations on his part. She says, absolutely not. Uh, Brandon and his source boys share a drink as he ITMs having no doubts. And it's like, okay, there's nothing here really in terms of gameplay. They're both just like powering forward. There's no reservations, no hesitations. This is love forever. Yeah. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. And indeed, uh, that's basically what we get. I would have created a mini drama here. I would have been like, "Do we know if Uncle Rodney's going to show or something?" Yes, that or I don't know. I mean, most of these other players, even I guess there's only one other couple that gets married. Spoiler alert! But uh, they all have some form of like, I'm going to have to wait until I see them walking down the aisle to make this decision. Mm -hmm. These are fake pieces of drama but at least they're there at least there's there's some attempt to raise the level of mystery i i believed that what when matt was like me and colleen are both gonna decide i don't know maybe i mean shit maybe they were telling the truth it just feels like that is not the case to me but here we have no mystery um there is no drama they're obviously going to get married we see the parents come in walking them down the aisle um, Alexa's dad comes into her ready room. Mom tears. Yeah, there's mom tears played here. Alexa's dad comes into her ready room, tells her it's showtime, and uh, he said it hasn't really sunk in. Alexa's dad tears. Yeah, there's parents tears throughout. Um, and he walks her down. The ceremony begins. Brennan's waiting at the altar. He's wearing a yarmulke as Alexa's dad walks her in. Produces dad tears here. Familial love level four. And the officiant begins the ceremony. They exchange vows. Wait, wait, wait. We're skipping over Alexa's dad's dream. He said, I, I'll wake up screaming, shit, my daughter's married. In a cold sweat. In a cold sweat. Yeah, he did it. I don't know. To me, these are, this was not strong familial play. Again, no drama. I don't know. There's something, you're not paying, there's something going on with Alexa's dad. I told you. He's in the CIA. <laughs> you think the cold sweat is evidence of like some CIA? That's what the real cold sweats are. PTSD from his work. He's like, I'm going to wake up in a cold sweat. The cold sweat has nothing to do with you being married, but I'm going to wake up in a cold sweat. Rest assured. He's thinking about all the, the operations he's run over the years, all the assassinations. No, you're right. It, it is very like 4TRR. We're going to be doing it. We're going to say I do. And then they do their vows. Brennan says they'll remain equal even during football season. That's the American dream. It ties the NFL right into this game, too. The NFL and The Bachelor are linked. The NFL and Love is Blind are linked. That's America. Indeed. The NFL is America. The NFL is Bachelor. Bachelor is America. Bachelor is Love is Blind. Love is Blind is the NFL. America is Love is Blind. But we get some Jewish traditions in the wedding ceremony. You know, that's something we... Yeah. We don't see much of on on Bachelor, uh, different types of ceremonies. And 
they go to this post-wedding area with flowers and they joke around and love level four. And next up we get Zenov and Cole wedding. I was so looking forward to what was going to happen with this. This was really the the only wedding that I gave a shit about. I was like, what is going to happen here? Because their entire relationship throughout the... Drastically confusing to me. Both of their play styles, I would say erratic at best, chaotic at worst. You really never know. Uh, and, and some of this could be, have been the edit, but you never really knew where either of them stood with the other one. Was it on shaky ground? Was it completely solid? You never really knew what the fuck was going on in this relationship. But you also were like, eh, that means maybe it's going to crash and burn here at the altar, or maybe they're going to get fucking married. This literally was the only one that I did not know what the fuck was going to happen. Yeah, I wasn't. I didn't know either. Uh, and we see they are acknowledging Zedev says we had rough spots, but we've both had to fight for it. And that's how you get real love. Uh, real love conquers all. And we see Cole pondering the sparklers and bridesmaids and uh, mom Beverly come in and she brings up her PTC that she is thinking about her mom and dad not being there. Beverly says they are here. Oh my God. What an emotional moment. Uh, we see Zenob say that she feels so lucky to be so loved. I was like, okay, so she is going to get married. Uh, Zenob says she has two seats for the parents at the ceremony, and I would have given anything for them to be here today. It's crushing. I'm emotionally crushed by this scene. No, and I mean, later we see those seats. I, I mean, some of the PTCs of this season were extremely powerful. I think hers was one of the most powerful because you kept getting it re-hit again and again with her stepmom. Every time her stepmom is there, she's like, your mom would have loved this. You know, they would have been laughing or whatever. Um, and here is no different. Then Zeneb ITMs that God has had his hand in every step of this journey and she doesn't know what she's going to do uh, once, except when she gets standing at the end of the aisle. She thinks she could have a happy life with Cole, but she needs him on board with it. She doesn't know what she's going to say until she hears his vows. Meanwhile, Cole and his source boys are discussing the possibility of his leap of faith and the fact that they've worked through the bad stuff to be in a great place, very similar to kind of what Xana was saying. And a lot of their love stories about them coming full circle to a healthy space to be ready for marriage. He knows she's going to be loyal, but she's not an easy cookie to crumble. He wants to marry her, he says. And then we see uh, Zanab telling her friends how pretty Cole is. Can't wait to see him in the tux. Cole has a source boy put his bow tie on as he's ITMing that it isn't a gamble. It's a fight for love. <laughs> and we see then Zanab emerges in her dress. Stepmom produces tears. She ITMs uh, hope that Cole will drop his jaw when he sees her. And we just kind of get this back and forth again and again, cross-cutting between them getting ready. Not a lot of new information here. Guests finally file in. The guests finally file in and we see Cole pray with his source boys. He's like, Lord, you always have these intentions. One of the source boys winks at the audience and Zenob is freaking out. Says, I'm going to lose my shit, get a grip. Her stepmom's telling her to breathe. And she hopes Cole is freaking out too. They cut to him and he's just standing there. <laughs> I thought that was a funny cut. Uh, she walks down the aisle. Cole tells her she looks like a vision. Uh, I really liked the guy who was announcing this wedding. He says, let's have a moment of silence for the angels. And then we pan to the angel chairs. Zenob then has everyone do a prayer. I guess to like... <laughs> 
I just assumed wedding as soon as she does a prayer. I did not see this coming once this started. She thanked Jesus Christ for Cole's existence uh, and the opportunity to know and love him. That, to me, meant she was going to say yes. <laughs> yeah. When you're literally thanking Jesus Christ for creating this person. Um, but then she tells him that she fell in love with him because of how warm she felt with him and because of his relationship with God and friends and family. She completely fell in love with him and she believes love is blind uh, because of this experience. He then tells her that she made him laugh before uh, she knew how hot he was. Or sorry, vice versa. Before he knew how hot she was, there was no doubt in his mind that he wanted to marry her. Love level four. Pretty bad vows I wrote. Not written, seemed improv and shaky. Those were my notes on this. <laughs> <laughs> Before I knew how hot you were. Yeah. Listen, I didn't know what you look like, but I fell in love with you before that. Now that you're hot, I definitely want to marry you. But uh I, you know, if if Xanab what she would say was true about I'm not gonna know until I hear his vows, I thought these are not the vows she wanted to hear. The officiant then asks the trademarked question, is love blind? Cole says he wants to kiss her. She says you can't. Then Zana says, Cole, you've taught me so much about myself in the past two months. You've shared so much of who you are, and I'm thankful for that. And I have a really good idea about the type of woman that will love you the way you need to be loved. But we both know it's not me. Ah, oh, rough. <laughs> Could have ended it there. Doesn't end it there. Mm -hmm. Continues. <laughs> Does not. <laughs> <laughs> Has a little more to say to Cole and to all people who have uh, been congregated here in this room. She says as much as she wanted it to be her, and as much as she tried to manipulate herself into that person, the past two months have not been picture perfect. Uh, Cole has disrespected her, insulted her, critiqued her, single-handedly shattered her self-confidence, and I hate that you have that kind of effect on me, she says, and the messed up thing is I love you, but everything in me and the logical part of my brain tells me that love shouldn't feel this way. It shouldn't hurt like this. I can't marry you. You're a good man, and I wish I could have had more of that good man. And Zanab publicly uh, destroying Cole, bringing up all this stuff in front of everyone here was my error, 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 error of the game. I get it. I mean, and, and we'll get to the cuties thing later, but I get what she's doing here. She is trying to victimize herself. She has to be the one who goes first in this scenario. She has to be the one to say, I don't. So she gets a little painted into a corner by the producers here. Had Cole mm -hmm. been allowed to go first, I think she could have played a different victimization card. But here, it's got to be, you have to have a strong reason to say no first. You know what the other person's cards are at that point. Exactly. You're going off of more information. But I think it was... It came on too strong for me, even in this moment. And again, we'll get to the cuties thing later and and kind of piecing together like what was really going on in this relationship to some degree or whatever. What was really going on in the relationship in terms of what they show us, what they're allowing us to see. But here, I thought this was an error. I think she could have left it as, you know, I, I tried to be the person that you needed in this relationship, but I couldn't do it. And I think we both know that like this isn't going to work. That's all you had to say. To come at him with this other stuff, it just seemed it seemed like she was trying too hard to get the victim card out of this to me. 
Although she does get applause from her audience as she walks out, she leaves Cole to face down the remainder of the audience who starts to fall out after this disastrous wedding ceremony. And uh, her people kind of go out after her. His people come to him for a big group hug, calling him a good man, acknowledging how rough it was. And Cole ITMs that she didn't under, he doesn't understand why she did this now. She's never said these things to him before. He believes she chose this moment to do it because she knew it would hurt more in front of his friends and family. I don't think that was it, though. I don't think she was trying to hurt him. I think she was trying, again, to position herself as the victim in this breakup. I feel like she had said some of that to him also before. A little bit, but never like in that kind of like stern of a a tone and just a Mm -hmm. flat like rebuke of Cole as a person. Yeah, I think you should always get married from this show. Why not? Get a prenup. (laughs) Sure. Or if you don't, like go out as friends. Like, you know... Some of these other players, like there's tears and stuff produced, but like I have a feeling that Raven and SK like had this conversation before the ceremony and she kind of knew it going in and was like, fuck it, this is going to suck and I'm I'm going to have to cry. And like it is an emotional thing to go this quick in a relationship and even to be standing up there in a fucking wedding dress and a tuxedo or whatever you're wearing. It's definitely an emotional thing, but I think you can talk about it beforehand and be like, we're going to have to play it up a little bit, but like, obviously we, we can't get fucking married. Okay. Here's how you more guarantee the victim storyline. You say, I do, even if you are first. Mm. And then the, if they say, I do, you go, never mind. And then you just don't do it. Mm. Don't get married. That's pretty interesting. Just so you can see what they also said. Because maybe they'll say no. And then you get a free victimization. You can also IFI at the moment. You can just (gasps) pretend to pass out. Let them take you to the hospital. Pretend to be in a coma for three days. And then you're pretty much out of it. You come come out of the coma with uh, fake amnesia. You don't know who you are or what's been going on for the past two months. I think this can be done pretty easily. We've seen so many hints at possible IFIs by many of the players. They say, I'm afraid I'm going to collapse. Yeah. Just faint. Just do it. Give in. But this whole thing ends basically with them breaking up. And uh, Cole is kind of skulking around the empty ceremony chamber. He's ITMing how he was fooled by Zay, as he calls her, with her respectful maturity and loyalty. He knows that they're not perfect, but... Uh, that was one of the worst experiences of his life, he says. And she ITM's hatred that this day couldn't be her day. But she says, you can't lose who you are. And she would have done it. She would have done that if she would have married Cole. Uh, and she leaves the sparkler on the table. Up next, Colleen and Matt. Colleen arrives first. Very similar to all the other stuff. Most shot exactly the same way. I walk from the car with the dress. Ponder sparkler. It is. It's just... It's very boring. The this the wedding episodes are like the worst episodes in my opinion. There's like very little happening in them. It's so repetitive. We had the Cole and Zaydab wedding. We had Nancy's family attacking Bartiz. But it's like because there's so many of them, it's like I want to see 20 minutes devoted to that Nancy's family and Bartiz argument. Instead, they give it like mm. three and then they're like, well, fuck it. We got to get the next wedding in. <laughs> okay, you're done. And now... Cohen's in it. You guys are going to do your thing and she's going to fucking yell at you and your story boys are going to pray to Jesus with you and next, now we got to get Colleen and Matt and next. Each wedding should be one episode. Or something. I don't fucking know exactly. I don't know how to reformat this, but this doesn't work for me. I know the show is massively successful and everything, but. I do like the idea of the other couples having to be there. Yeah, something. 
I'm not exactly sure, again, how to break this down, but there's a better way to do this. Nonetheless, how they did it this season is Colleen arrives. Uh, she ITMs. It's her wedding day. Been dreaming of it since she was little. We get the fucking recap video of their relationship. Um, she goes into the bridal ready room, got some tears. We get the recap of the problems. And that is something that they do presentationally that are a little bit different. If a couple is like, will they or won't they? Like with Alexa and Brennan, you knew they were going to get married. There was only the recap of the good shit. Here, they give you a recap of the good shit in the beginning. And then she says, well, it's never boring. It's been a roller coaster. And then the recap of the problems. And then, uh, you know, Matt shows up. He's excited. Doesn't know. He's anxious. A lot going on. He tells his brother-in-law that he's freaking out. She is too. They're on the same page with their freak out. And Matt says, I'm going to make my decision when I see her walking down the aisle. So we know this couple is positioned as nobody knows what the fuck is going to happen. And it's, again, just very repetitive. We get Matt saying he doesn't know. His source boy saying, if you love her, you should do it. We get Colleen telling the bridesmaids that he is her type, but not her type. One of her bridesmaids is like, he is definitely not your type, even though he's cute. She's getting hair and makeup done. We see the dress and Matt continues to tell his source boys he's freaking out and nervous, still doesn't know what he's going to do. It's just back and forth again and again and again, just hammering you in the head with like, nobody knows what's going to happen. And ultimately, Matt says it's insane that everybody in the family is down with this process. And he once again says, he's got to wait until he sees her coming down the aisle to make the decision. He says that like 10 times. He's got to get his fist bump in. Well, we'll get to that in one moment. To know what he's going to do. But his dad reassures him that the moment you see your bride walking down the aisle, it's breathtaking. Matt tears, dad tears. Matt says, it's weird to be this emotional. Uh, He also cried when he proposed. His dad assures him there's a soft side to everybody. Matt thinks this means it's genuine, aka 4TRR. Once again, he says, this isn't a joke. It's not a game. His dad thinks deep down. He knows at the end of the day what feels right. Don't use your head. Use your heart. You'll know. Colleen comes out in the dress. We see her bridesmaids uh, producing tears. Mom's calling it beautiful. Guests file into the the chapel area here. I guess it's not a chapel. It's just a room in this mansion. Matt enters. His mom is there. He hugs her. She tells him he looks handsome. Thanks. I got it from you, mama. He tells her. Uh, He says he's He's scared, and she tells him everybody needs their person. They walk in arm in arm, and as Matt's walking down the aisle, a fist shoots out from the audience, and he fist bumps that fist. And whoever this source boy was that threw a fist to Matt was my... Jorge, 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 Jorge... Moreno, bystander of the week. I mean, this is pulling some screen time out of nothing. This is Matt's moment. He's walking down the aisle to get fucking married. The source boy's like, nah, let me get in there with you, bro. And he gets the bump in return. He knows Mm -hmm. Matt will return it. Powerful play. Yeah. Can you imagine if it hadn't been returned? Yes, I can. You never leave a source boy hanging. That's rule number one of being a source boy. <laughs> You're like, no genuine source boy would have ever left him That's hanging. Right. <laughs> we see these big, I love they have these giant floral doors yeah. that they open to reveal the the bride. Matt is producing tears, or at least looks like he's trying to. We hear Matthew chapter 18, verses 18 to 20. 
And Matt says it's been insane. Life throws you negativity. Our values line up. Couldn't be more happy to stand here. And Colleen wants her says she wants her best friend, Colleen in guy form. We went through some stuff, but I've grown more in love with you every day. We are you blind? She says you're a thousand percent my person. I'll be your rock, your boulder, Maddie. I do. You know, I do from Colleen. And he says, you allowed me to break out of my shells in a bad way. I love you to death. I want to marry you. Everyone cheers. That's two I do's. And not only is everyone cheering, one blonde bridesmaid is very, very uh, brave. And she stands up out of the crowd raises her arms and she screams kiss her <laughs> the most audience participation we've seen during a wedding so yeah. far uh, and that's why this woman was my Jorge 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 Moreno bystander of the week she was great love to see it interrupt that moment we get the marriage. You're going to live in infamy. And then we get Matt's mom tearsing, some kissing, some more tearsing. Uh, Colleen does one of her signature celebration dances. Her dad tears. And then Matt and Colleen kind of go off by themselves, kiss, get a little celebration. They're ITMing by the gazebo, how happy they are to be married. And then we see this kind of interesting series of uh, ITMs from the players who did not get married. These are the rejection mm-hmm. players. This was confusing. It was terribly confusing. It's very strangely done. But the first one is SK. He says it wasn't an easy decision for him to make. He thinks love is blind, but it wasn't strong enough for him to say, I do today. But he does think love is blind. So they make this first rejection player praise the process using the trademarked title of the show. And they are super heavy-handed with the title of this fucking show. Every officiant had to say it. Do you believe love is blind? I do. I do. Uh, They say it a million times in the reunion show. We're going to get to that, obviously. But here they make each of these players. Raven has to say it, too. She goes through the whole thing. Uh, She loves SK a lot. She's upset that they didn't get married. It's heartbreaking, embarrassing. But yes, love is blind. Bartiste then gets an ITM. Yes, love is blind. Never fell out of love with Nancy, but the real world impacts love they had. But love is blind. Nancy... Uh, love is blind for her in 31 years of life. She hasn't been able to connect with anyone like Cheetah Bartiz. Uh, he could have had unconditional love from her. She has a heart of gold. She's hurt. But yes, love is blind, even though they're done. Cole then, everyone wants love. Loneliness is crippling. That won't stop him or, or uh, deter him from finding love. It's going to take him some time to get over this. Love is blind. Zainab then, ITMs. She doesn't want to put on a wedding dress to say no, but yes, love is blind. All of them basically say, we got fucked up. We didn't get married, but love is blind. Then we see the uh, married couples, Brennan and Alexa, come into their reception. They have fireworks. They're ITMing um, that it won't hit Alexa until they're married, until she introduces him as her husband. They're dancing and kissing, ITMing. Love level fours. They're hoisted up on chairs. Then Matt and Colleen get their reception, smiling, ITMing. And these receptions are... Um, it's just for them. It's for their friends and family and for them. I wanted to see the other couples at these. The other couples get cast out into the cold, dark of the source night, and they only get these ITMs where they are forced to say love is blind, <laughs> even though they didn't wind up getting married. And that's it. We get titles and credits as Colleen says, love is blind, baby. 
And that's the end of the, the formal series, the formal document. I don't know what to make of this show exactly. I saw the entirety of season one and I did like it. And I thought it had some kinks to be worked out. I stopped watching season two about around the weddings because I was just like, this is boring as shit. And this is exactly why I stopped watching it. I can't believe you were able to stop watching. I just didn't care. I just did not care. And it all, a lot of it seems fake to me as well. Um, and the gameplay is bad. A lot of bad gameplay makes it hard for me to watch. That's why I like it. It's so new. And I think, and I see the potential. I'm like, you could go in there. Like, why would you apply to be on The Bachelor at this point when Love is Blind exists? Like, Because The Bachelor is a, a better game. This is obviously the better option. If you're a, a true player. For your Instagram. Well, we'll get to it. Is it a better option? Nobody from this season has over a million followers on Instagram. Andrew got 100K. Yes. But you've got, let's see, one, two people are in the 800 range. One person in the 500, one, two, three people in the 400. They're in the 800 range. The only people who get in that range now are bachelorettes. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's just a general decline of Instagram overall. It's absolutely better. All of these top people have like hundreds of thousands of followers. How many people have like whatever your number is where you're like, you can do this as your job after this point. I don't know exactly what that is, but... There's way, I feel like these numbers are all so much higher than the Bachelor people. Well, depending on what you're looking at, though, because are we talking about Paradise? Like, yes, after doing one season of a main game, I don't mm -hmm. think you see the volume of these kind of like upper middle tier numbers for sure. Yeah. But after Paradise, this is a very similar list to Paradise, in my opinion, at least of this last season of Paradise, when you throw in like a Victoria Fuller and stuff. Yeah, so do you want to do two Bachelors or one Love is Blind season? Yeah, I don't know. But also, like, I don't know how much this plays a part into any of these incoming players, to any of these games, into their strategies, into their mindset. But if you are a, a true competitor, I don't think you go into Love is Blind. The game is a weaker game with weaker competition. Bachelor is like, you're going to run into some fucking Madison Pruitts and some Hannah fucking Slusses and whoever we got coming in season 27. That's what I mean. There's the potential. You don't have that competition. But that's like, I don't know. Steel sharpens steel. If I'm a player, I want to play against the best. And that's still The Bachelor. I No, I will not argue with that. Bachelor has way better players. That's why I would do Love is Blind. <laughs> I see. We have different <laughs> attitudes about competition, I suppose. Oh, yeah. I love a low bar. <laughs> <laughs> I want the highest bar. This also made me realize that I messed up and did not give one award. During the Matt and Colleen wedding ceremony, when Matt finally reveals that he is saying I do also to Colleen, his mom looks up into the eyes of God and makes this grimace, wide-eyed grimace. Thank God my son is picking this woman. And Matt's mom got my... Face play of the game. The eyes of God. Okay. <laughs> Someone is whispering, oh my God, in this photo. So... <laughs> Fair enough. It is a very good face play. I have, my face play is coming up and it was not delivered by a player. Hint, hint. 
episode 12 begins. This is the reunion. So the formal document is over. I don't know how much time has passed between the formal document shooting and the shooting of this um, reunion show. But this is essentially a men tell all, a women tell all, and after the final rose, except that it is not shot live. Not enough time has (laughs) passed to air the domestic violence news. (laughs) Apparently not. But I think that was, right? I don't know, because they shoot the reunion show after the season has aired. You think they just didn't address it? Yes. No. I think so. I don't know. You'd have to know the date the reunion is filmed. We don't know. And when the news broke. We are not yet experts in this game, but I mean, there's an argument to be made there. Um, I also think if the... Let's say that the news did break prior to them shooting. The news is a grand jury said there's not enough evidence here to bring charges. So what are you going to report? What would you put in your show? He was accused. I mean, just because there's not enough physical violence. I don't know. Look, I haven't looked into it. I just know what you told me. (laughs) (laughs) But for there to be a lack of like provable evidence Mm -hmm. and this girl just made up domestic violence. I don't think so. Right. I don't know what the specifics are. I'm just saying in terms of like liability for the show and shit and, that's like their most successful couple coming out of this season. They are essentially the... But but that's like the biggest news coming out of the season. I can't see them not addressing it. Although they didn't address blackface with Eric Schwer too, so... Yeah, which is a different thing. I mean, that's not a crime. It's just like very bad. This, if true, is a horrible crime. Yeah, but I'm saying like big negative news. And and none of these shows want to address that because the image they're trying to promote is we are a process that helps people find love, nothing more. And look at these beautiful, lovely couples who are now married and right. going to live happily ever after. I don't think they would have gotten away with it. Sorry. <laughs> you don't think they would have gotten away with what? I think there would be outrage on Twitter if they didn't address it and they recorded mm. it. Maybe. I don't know. Because I don't know if if Love is Blind... I didn't watch the reunion show of last season. This is only the third season. You didn't? It's so good. Did they get into like shit that happened after the season that came out on the internet and stuff? I don't know. But <laughs> one guy who basically got villainized that season, he... Shake? Uh, he tra- Shake tries to uh, influence his own edit. He's like, Ooh. this is off the record. <laughs> and says something. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's bold. And that is some early season shit. Like that you think you can do that? That you think these fucking producers won't just slit your throat to fucking watch you bleed? Okay. Let's get into this reunion. We open. Yeah. The couples are sitting together on these couches. And the the arrangement is the Dark Lords Lachey are sitting on a love seat in the middle. Matt and Colleen are sitting on a love seat together to one side of them. Alexa and Brennan are sitting on a love seat together on the other side of them the couples, and then there's a three-person couch on either side of them with the separated singles who did not say, I do. Uh, a real kind of reprimand, a rebuke of them. This is a punishment. You have to sit apart from each other. <laughs> it's so bizarre. I mean, it's such a it's such a thing in Housewives, yeah. at least, like the position that where people are during the reunion and, it, and it's negotiated and so seeing this setup of just like, okay, these are the successes yeah. and the farther away you are, the worse you are. We see uh, Dark Lords Lachey get into it with some easy questions. Raven, you got any jumping jacks you want to do? She already got it out. She looks amazing. Vanessa Lachey 
five couples got engaged and fell in love and uh Four weeks later, two said, I do. Are you still together? Yes, they are. And then three other couples, she says, the world has burning questions. And we have an exciting update about one of the couples. What was this? There was none. I They kind of allude to it later. I think it was supposed to be Alexa and Brennan. Maybe it was their moving in or I, I don't know because he shuts it down because she's like, I don't want an announcement. Alexa is. I think they planned to do something there and then just never said it. I'm not exactly sure. But eventually, DLVL, sorry, that's my shorthand for Dark Lord Vanessa Lachey. DLVL says there is an exciting update. That's the thing you're talking about. And then uh, Alexa and Brennan, their love never wavered. Everyone thought it was too good to be true, but the rug was never pulled out. DLVO asks her about the statement that she never wears the same outfit twice, and we get a uh, never-before-seen clip of Brennan seeing Alexa's closet. It's a big closet. Thanks for that information. Then they watch with uh, their heads in a box and laugh, and we get for the first time how they're going to be replaying these recap clips and potentially some new stuff we've never seen, and they're going to, in the same way Bachelor does, have the players watching it on a screen there in the studio, and we'll get to, we get to watch them watching it. And uh, they make some jokes about the the disparity in Alexa's volume of jackets owned to Brennan's. It's 37 to 3 in favor of Alexa. He asks her for a drawer. There's no new information in this clip. It's very boring, uh, not funny in any way. Yeah, it just seemed kind of like a puff piece for Alexa and Brennan. Real too, though, is drama we see between Cole and Colleen and we replay this whole scene where they talk about whether they'd be attracted to the other in a bar. And Nick, Dark Lord, Nick Lachey says, how does it feel to watch that, Zenev? She says it stung, but I knew it existed. Colleen says it was hard for her to watch. She gets emotional and I love all of you so much. I would never disrespect your relationship. And Zainab says she knows that it all they seem to have buried the hat, any hatchet on this. And Nancy gets in here, says Cole never accepted awareness of what he did as wrong as an engaged person. You don't cut that. You cross that boundary. That shit cuts off as soon as you walk into the reveal. I didn't know that. <laughs> the physical sparkler proposal is the real cutoff. <laughs> well, this is open gameplay speech here from Nancy. This is what made me think, oh, she was playing some gameplay during her wedding because she understands the structure of the game. Once you do the reveal, once you see each other and you accept the proposal, you can no longer talk about how you felt about the other players. That's the boundary. She literally says you don't cross that boundary. That is a, a game piece there. That is a piece of the structure. It's a strategy. And she's correct. Why she's jumping into this conversation, I don't know. And this is the first time that we see a player commenting on another relationship that they were not in. Get in there. Well, I mean, they have to. This is Housewives, like you're saying. They're really trying to drum up like, you guys should be talking shit about each other. I'm sure the producers, before they shoot all this, are firing them up and being like, okay, don't be afraid to jump in. Give your opinions on everybody's shit. That's the funniest stuff. Like, it's great. You guys have a great relationship or whatever. We'll cut you good. Don't worry. We'll protect you, but say what you think every time. Yeah. <laughs> Don't leave anything unsaid. Support for today's episode comes from One Skin. If you have sensitive skin, you're going to want to hear about One Skin's scientifically proven topical supplements. This is face, eye, 
body, shield, and it can all be used with any of their other products, which are free from over 1,500 chemicals and preservatives that can make skin red, irritated, or itchy. Their products are safe for sensitive skin. It's just one of the reasons they've earned the Skin Safe seal of approval. You got to keep that skin glowing if you want to be keeping up the level of face play that I've got going on. And OneSkin was founded by an all-woman team of scientists. Their products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Uh, Their topical supplements are the easiest way to keep your skin healthy and hydrated without the harsh ingredients or irritation found in other skincare products often. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ROSES at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ROSES. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support Gore and tell them that we sent you. Clues. Underwear drawers, they're not organized. They're like the the Wild West, the final frontier of wardrobes. Mm. And there's no rhyme or reason to them. You got ones that are super old, uh, different brands, etc. You don't know what to expect. But now I have felt the buttery soft comfort of me undies. And now I want to replace the whole drawer with me undies because those are my now go-to. I'm currently wearing their long sleeve shirt and my, um, <laughs> which is not what this uh, ad is about, but I am also wearing the super soft, sustainable modal fabric thong with no roll black waistband. You want that. You don't want it to be rolling. You don't want it to be showing. And I'm hooked. I don't want to wear anything else. It's all got to go now. Well, this ad actually is kind of about that pace case. Everybody knows MeUndies <laughs> makes great underwear. It's in the name, MeUndies. But it's not just about underwear. You can explore the lounge collection featuring comfy joggers, hoodies, onesies, and a whole bunch more. And their Move Me activewear collection is the softest activewear on the market. There's no doubt about it. Right now, you can get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at MeUndies.com slash roses. That's MeUndies.com slash roses for 20% off plus free shipping. MeUndies, comfort from the outside in. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to Canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. 
bad. Uh, we then have Zenob say it seemed like something that me as the crazy woman did. And Cole's like, I and Cole didn't apologize. He says, I did apologize. She says, I didn't get it for weeks. He says, it's insane. Brennan jumps in here on his high horse. Don't say insane. Yeah. Don't use the word insane. And he goes, okay, it's crazy. <laughs> From their like little engaged couches, it feels so much like they're it's not just like the order on the couch. They're separated completely from the losers. So it feels like they're on high as these like Greek gods judging everyone. Absolutely. They're completely protected. That love seat might as well have a fucking iron wall around it. You can't get in here. You can't break. We're sitting here as a couple. They've got their fucking arm around each other. It's two people as one commenting on your shit. And Brennan's like, don't use the word insane. And Cole's like, okay, well, it's crazy to say that. And Nancy then is like, don't say crazy. That's the same as insane. And then Bartisa and SK finally are like, look, can, we, can he finish fucking talking? And it does seem like at this point, everybody has come loaded with their guns aimed right at Cole. Every person in that room, except for Bartise and SK, who are sitting on the couch with Cole, maybe by proximity alone, they feel compelled to defend him a little bit. But it seems like everybody's gunning for him at this point. Cole then says he thinks uh, <laughs> Zeneb is lying about the apology. And DLNL, that's Dark Lord uh, Nicolachet, asked Brennan why he seems so invested in this whole issue. And he explains seeing other people disrespecting others is a bugaboo of his. Bugaboo play. <laughs> he says Cole continually disrespected his fiance. And Alexa says that is small compared to what actually happened. There was so much we didn't see, she says. And Brennan says, well, the this idea of so much we didn't see. Bachelor contends with this also. It's essentially contradicting the edit or saying what was in the edit isn't the whole story mm -hmm. at the very least. And uh, Brennan says that his word is worthless because he disrespected Zeneb and Alexa thinks he's deceitful. And then DLNL says, your venom is directed at Cole, but do you find fault with Colleen? <laughs> Brennan says, absolutely. Uh, she's at blame yeah, too here. Tell him out. And again, this is to your <laughs> More point. More It's just like, you get a bugaboo. Like you get a bugaboo. <laughs> 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 oh, fuck. oh my god but it to me it it paints brennan in a bad light it paints alexa in a bad light i don't like seeing yeah. these people who have essentially won the game and let's let's say that they are in a real loving relationship and they got good edits it's from this protected position just being like fuck you you were a piece of shit you also did things wrong i did things perfectly you're a fucking asshole. That's what it felt like to me to watch this. Matt says it was disrespectful, but he commended calling his her honesty coming that night. I lost my cool a little <laughs> over that description yeah. of that wild scene. And but nothing surprised me watching it. And Cole says, I, my fault. I should have never let it get there. Caught up in the moment. We see Dark Lord Vanessa Lachey say. You know, now to Raven and SK, it was heart-wrenching watching SK's mom put the veil on Raven. Such a beautiful bonding of the women. And I thought that this phrase was so weird. Well, both of the deals here, the DLLs, the Dark Lords of Shea, they are trying their best to pretend like they give a shit about any of this. Like they actually have emotions for any of these people. 
they're becoming Dark Lords. You're watching it right before your very eyes. Everything DLVL is doing here, to me, rings false. This is just a job for her. She's just there to be like, it was amazing to see that moment between you and no, 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 no. DL, you know. A bonding of the women seems like it's like, I don't know, like watching some sort of tribe or something like a yeah. tribal cut, like a nature documentary or something. I'm Yeah, to me, it doesn't ring true. But nonetheless, DLVL then says, uh, when SK said no to the wedding, her heart fell to the floor and she asked Raven if she was blindsided. Raven says she wouldn't use that word. She was just unprepared, a little shocked. So even here, but I mean, we're going to find out later that they're dating, at least at this time uh, of the show. So she's kind of downplaying how bad it was. And then SK gets a chance to explain when he knew he wasn't going to marry her. He says he didn't know until the very moment when the question was asked. They all have to say that, of course. He thinks that they would have gone through much more trouble if he had said yes. The logistics of moving grad school would have put too much pressure on the relationship. Raven agrees. It felt very in the moment. And she explains that standing up there, they were both so nervous and shaky. She didn't know what to expect. If the anxiety was a good or a bad sign, she didn't know. And uh, when they were at the altar, he took a big in hail she says and it felt like a movie it took like five minutes for him to say i do not and sk explains his hesitation was him trying to look at his mom and put everything together it really came down to does he want to do this for the people there in the audience or for himself and dark lord vanessa lachey asks if they have talked or hooked up since then and raven says yes and then we get this reveal that uh they're still dating they stand up and they kiss each other and it's it's a weird part of the format, I think, that the show has to pretend that if they say I do not at that altar, that it's like they're never going to see each other again. The The final presentation of that is like, if you don't get married, that is it. But here they then come back in the uh, reunion and they're like, no, no, we're still dating. It's good. We're in love. We just didn't get married. So the build up to the marriage gets undercut by the fact that like, well, you could just date like you can say I do not at the altar and then continue dating. And so that moment of saying, I don't marry you dramatically loses any meaning in this moment for me. I mean, I think, I don't know what is for TRR or not in these I do's, but I think the for TRR thing is to get on the same page as the other person. If yeah. you, and both say, I don't and continue dating, which we haven't really seen. no, nor do we really see it in Bachelor much anymore. But that should be allowed. It's because they're trying to force force the ultimatum. Of course. But that's also like a happy couple. You could get another happy couple, uh, what I would consider to be a successful love story narrative, out of a couple that says, we don't want to get married, but we do want to continue with this relationship. We do love each other, and we want to see where it goes. Yeah. I mean, I was shipping Raven and SK at this point. Of course. They were my favorite couple. And to see that they're still together, at least at this point, was very good. And I think he made a very 4TR defense of like, oh, well, I was deciding in that moment and I looked at my mom and everything came together, etc. Wanting to make mom happy. Uh, we, oh, by the way, when they kiss, someone yells out, get your handful. I don't yeah. know who that was. <laughs> uh, I think I wrote it down. Hang on. It was DLNL. What? Yes. Dark Lord Nick Lachey said, get your handful. That's correct. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit of a loose cannon, and I am interested <laughs> to see how that goes. 
uh, Raven does reveal here. He told me he's getting so many DMs. Stay out of my man's DMs. Ooh, a little foreshadowing. Potentially. I mean, the rumor is, of course, now that uh, Raven was cheated on by SK, potentially by someone from the DMs. SK then says, speaking of her razzle-dazzle, she goes to bed at 9 o'clock, makes a little fun of her there. We all laugh. We all love it. DLVO then asks them, how long distance is working for them? Raven says, the communication has never been on this level. In any relationship, they've grown so much from this this experiment, and the distance makes the heart grow fonder, essentially. DLVO then asks about the dynamic between Nancy and Raven. We get a recap of the Raven shit-talking Nancy scenes from the main season and Nancy shit-talking Raven. When they come out of the recap deal, Enel not only acknowledges the score they put over the clip package, the music, but he makes fun of how dramatic it was, and the producers leave that in the edit. I, I did not understand this. I didn't either. There's no reason for this, but it was interesting. I think it is a symptom of these early seasons. The producers don't quite know what's going on. The Dark Lords don't quite know what's going on. Dark Lords, don't make fun of the fucking show. You can't do that. You have to uphold it. You are a part of it. When you make fun of the show, you make fun of yourself. When you disrespect the show, you disrespect yourself. Especially as like a musician. It, yeah. I was surprised and I thought maybe they kept it in because Dark Lord Nick Lachey is very famous and they just don't want to cut his lines. <laughs> I don't know. He's very famous. In what circles? Yeah. He wasn't he married to or like in a boy band? <laughs> in Sync or Backstreet Boys? Keep going. What? 98 Degrees is the band he was in. Wait, really? Yeah. <laughs> so, Look, I don't, I don't know that much about music. I think he's famous to like most other people. Wait, he was in 98 Degrees? Yeah. Oh, I assumed he was in one of the big two. Absolutely not. Interesting. Okay, well, maybe this wasn't done out of respect for fame. Possibly not. But uh, Raven basically <laughs> explains here that she and Nancy didn't spend a lot of time together. She feels like they talked about it and there was never any... Uh, shooting of the shot that took place between her and Bartiz, and they didn't get to know each other well enough. They were only going off first impressions. This did not play for me. Why did they even do this segment? I, I They tried to drum up a, a rivalry between them that just wasn't there, and uh, it, it just kind of falls flat. And then we get SK speaking for the men. He says, for him, one of the biggest things that he's taking away from the experience is for the first time he was in an environment with 14 other guys where it was okay to talk about your feelings. He's never been in an environment like it. And I did think that was pretty interesting because um, it really is all that they're doing. They're just talking about their feelings all day long in ITMs with each other. When you come back from those ITMs or the pod dates, you're talking to the other guys about like, are you making any connections and all this kind of shit. And these guys that you're meeting there are essentially strangers. I don't know if this, I mean, I know we saw a lot of scenes with the source boys and all this kind of shit, but I don't know if you like are having those kind of conversations with guys you already know. I think because they're strangers and they're all unified in this weird experiment they're doing, they are probably more open and more honest with each other. That was interesting to, to hear from SK. That's a really good point. I had not really thought about it. <laughs> yeah. And I, I feel like this was a very like, he also knows that like, People watching this show like men talking about their feelings, I feel. You know, mostly women. <laughs> women love men talking about their feelings. <laughs> I'm just guessing. I guess I don't know exactly what their demographic of viewers is. Yeah. Um, we see Dark Lord Nick Lachey. Uh <laughs> 
He says, Bartice, you're taken back by Raven's physical appearance. You wanted, did you want to grab a handful or what? <laughs> <laughs> he didn't really say that. No, he did not. <laughs> he thought it, clearly. I could tell by his eyebrow raise. We see this drama reel of Bartice talking about how Raven, telling Nancy that all about how he is thinks Raven is hot as shit, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but I'm here with Nancy because I trusted my gut. <laughs> He's like, are you cool with me being that honest? And she's just like, mm-hmm. I just, she's just not moving her entire face this whole yeah. time. And they're both just hammered too. I, like no one ever said that in this reunion thing. Like, yeah, we were all shit-faced, dude. Cut me some slack. Nobody ever said that, but I would have used that as a defense. I think in this show, you can use drunkenness as a defense. That's a good defensive play. Too drunk to be serious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see somebody do it. You know, Vanessa Lachey, Dark Lord Vanessa, says that she stood up and her heart was in her throat. So her heart has gone from the floor to her throat. Where is it going to go next? That's a roller coaster of heart movement. And Raven then says this was all shocking to her. She thought after the pool part of the conversation, uh, it was nothing. And then she was sad because she loves SK and it put him in a weird place. SK says he appreciated Raven for shutting the conversation down. And DLNL asks Bartice if he had any regrets after he saw Raven. He says, no, no regrets over picking Nancy. Nancy says the one thing that she appreciated about Bartice is after calling a Raven a smokehouse or a smoke program, she says... (laughs) (laughs) Smoke program. (laughs) That was great. Uh, And then coming to bed, uh, the brutal honesty that he delivered, she thanks him for being honest. But he says, uh, she says he needs to find a better way. It was hard for him to watch that. Bartiz says he felt embarrassed and ashamed and he apologizes to everybody for letting it get to that point. But he doesn't think the feeling, uh, the feelings he had were inappropriate because this is the process. He essentially blames the process while simultaneously praising it. I found that to be a very good move, very strong. But uh, mm. SK then play, says, brutal honesty or not, he's not insecure about other guys hitting on his girlfriend. She's a baddie, he calls her. And he says it's like the Hunger Games of dating. That's wrong. That's actually The Bachelor. But he went here to find a wife, not a one-night stand. And it was important to not put the looks uh, as the primary thing. He didn't even know what Pilates was, he says, uh, when she was saying, I'm a Pilates instructor. So then we get the joke of, um, you know, oh, you didn't know that that meant she had a good body, essentially. But I assumed she explained what Pilates was immediately. So I don't understand that. But yeah. Yeah, maybe she did. We'll never know. But Nancy then calls Bartice childish and says that one of the things, um, his handling of the Raven situation was one of the things that made it obvious he was 25. SK maintains it was inappropriate and says it wouldn't have happened in a different situation. Uh, They would not be bros. And Bartice agrees, apologizes. DLVL then throws it to Matt and Colleen. How are you guys doing? Bartice is like doing this general apology play that I found to be really successful in this. And his apology play was almost going to be my um, play of the game because it was just, that's what you got to do when you're in this situation. And like the internet has sided against you on certain things, I'm sure. (laughs) Yes, I totally agree. I think he did exactly everything that he could. Again, at the end of this, we'll get to Instagram numbers. We'll see if that helped him or not, but I don't know what else he could have done. 
ex- ex- aside from what you're you're calling the extreme apology play. I think that that's accurate. But we basically then get this conversation of Matt and Colleen. They're good. They're great. Everything's perfect. They had some bad days, <laughs> arguments, but they got through it. Uh, DLVL understands the adjustments to living together are hard. Matt explains they don't live together yet, but it's uh, just because they're doing it on their own time. And we get into this whole thing about logistics and leases are up and roommates have to be taken into consideration and all this just boring shit that no one gives a fuck about. Yeah, why did we hear so much about their leases? That was... I have no idea. Except Monday, which is laundry day. Yeah, great. Have fun on your laundry day. Then D.L. Inno asks Alexa and Brennan inexplicably what it's like hearing about Matt and Colleen not living together. Why do they give a fuck? And then Alexa's like, we had no problems until we lived together. Dishes was our first argument. Brennan didn't do the dishes enough to suit me. Who cares? This is the most boring shit ever. Wait, you skipped something really important, though. Oh, sorry. What? Right after Colleen says when the lease ends, they're going to move in together... Dark Lord Nick Lachey says, hey, it's always better the second time. And he fist bumps Matt to be like, we're both divorcees who got married again. Is that important? Is that minutia? Am I? Is this a minutia alarm moment? You gave the Jorge Moreno <laughs> Bicester of the Week an award for a fist bump. I thought at least you would be interested in that. Sorry, I was trying to delve into your hobbies. <laughs> My hobbies. <laughs> Oh, my God. Okay. We see Alexa admit that dishes is an issue with them as well. And then we see Nick Lachey do something. The first prop bit of this entire reunion, he says, my eyes are so dry. And he pulls out Visine and says, is this okay? And he pretends to put fake tears on him like Andrew the Forgotten. Unreal. They're just kicking Andrew in the balls again here. This is a reminiscent to me of what how they did uh, Clayton Eckerd dirty. Oh, yeah. If you don't show up, they say we invited Andrew. He didn't get on the plane. Yep. And I think Vanessa says smart. She did. <laughs> like a threat. Yeah. I like that they're loose. They're loosey-goosey, this couple. And then we move into this other thing where um, DLVL says... We have to have people like you who are 4TR because you're going to get 4TWR players on the show. She's saying this to um, Alexa and Brennan. Wait, I thought this was very important. Mm. This is why we're appreciative of people like you because you get riffraff people who are going to be like, I'm going to be on TV. Yeah. The riffraff are the the 4TWRs. Yeah. Meanwhile, he's literally a reality star pop singer who is hosting a reality show and we're also taking over love is blind now as well so oh yeah that's true um then we get this weird conversation about the transcendental sex that the riffraff mentioned earlier andrew when he was talking about his sexual powers and dark lord nick lachey plays himself by admitting he's never heard of transcendental sex Error of the game. <laughs> I mean, that's something you don't want to admit, especially sitting next to D.L. Veal, your wife. D.L. NL then says, Andrew wasn't the only one who was confident talking about his sex life. Alexa is called to task for asking for what she wants. Goes nowhere. SK says, uh, closed mouth doesn't get fed. That becomes a line that they repeat a hundred times. Everyone likes it. And uh, D.L. Veal says to SK and Raven... You were more don't kiss and tell. And she asks when they first discovered each other physically. So they're basically getting 
them to talk here about the first time they had sex. And Raven admits it was after their wedding. I wrote in big uh, caps here, what wedding? They weren't married. He said, I do not. We, we watched that happen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what would you call it? Failed wedding? Just after the show, I guess. I, I don't know. But SK says Pilates mm. is good for you. He knows what it is now. DLNL throws back to Bartiz and Nancy. They appear to be destined to get married, but that didn't happen. Bartiz gets to talk about thinking about what it would have been like, what would have happened if he would have said yes. He was going through the motions and uh, he was rooting for them. It was hard to watch back. Nancy agrees. It was tough to watch back. She can't speak. Too choked up. Tear play. Produces tears. Says it so many times. Uh, she really did love him <clears throat> so much and she thinks it was the promise he made to her to not blindside her. Uh, he wasn't honest about that. And she says, love is blindsided for her. Taking a nice, colorful narration turn here on the title of the show. Love that, getting that catchphrase in there. Nancy's such, she's such a good player. I agree. I mean, producing tears here, etc. And we see DLNL asks about the family feeling blindsided. And Nancy says, when he said no, I switched off the emotions, but the family were fighting the fight. I couldn't. And DLVL says, have you gone on dates? Alexa jumps in here. Next day had a girl. Nancy, a tall blonde by his side. Someone posted a video of the scene next to this girl. And then on the weekend, the same girl on his lap. And he's like, nothing happened except until July 4th, but my sex life isn't anyone's business here. I don't feel comfortable talking about my sex life. Nancy, who said sex? And he says, you guys were going there or something? And Alexa says, it's fucked up. Yeah, he's like, you're obviously leading to that. And he's right. I agree with everything he's saying here. Show's over. We didn't get married. We're not together. What do you give a shit about it? And then Nancy's like, who said anything about sex? And then he's like, so you're just pissed that there was a picture of me with another human being then? Clearly, they're insinuating that he had sex too soon after the TV show ended. I think it's saying it's like a respect thing of like not doing that the day after. Mm. Yeah. I mean, whatever. Once the game's over, the game's over, in my opinion. <laughs> you know? She said yes. She wanted to marry him. Sure. Uh, whatever. Uh, DLNL says it would be great if all these couches and everyone ended up on these couches. The success, the marriage love couch, seats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there's pain and and growth through that pain. And DLVL yeah. says Cole's taking heat, and then we see this drama reel of Cole and Zena all the talking about the towels, the flies in the toilet. Disgusting. Um. DLVL says, has there been self-reflection walking back? Zeneb says, I could have shown more grace, but there's this time warp. And Alexis says, so many things happened off camera. Don't forget her tea cellar. She may be in the love seat, but she's still bringing the drama. And then DLVL asks, what are the things we don't know? Interestingly, DLVL and DLNL know all of these things. This is scripted by producers to get to this conversation. They know exactly. So she's just issuing a question here. It's a form of deceit. Raven then says it was the tangerine thing. <laughs> and he got a girl's number at a bachelor party and they even talked about it. And Cole here is like, what? I got a girl's number at a bachelorette party? At the bachelor party? 
Zainab says, yeah, you told me that. He says, no, I didn't. The night before our wedding. <laughs> yeah, the night before their wedding. He says, no, I didn't. We chased cows and were at a bar while you were getting dicks slung in your face. And we cut to the Dark Lord's Lachey sitting on their own marriage love seat. And the Dark Lord Nick Lachey reacts to this statement of fact by Cole with a 100% downturned mouth and eyebrow raised to the heavens and this facial recognition that indeed the bachelor and bachelorette parties were drastically different was my... Face play of the game. Absolutely love to see a Dark Lord get a face play here. Nick Lachey is just sitting there minding his own business, but he hears Cole say they had dicks in their face and he can't help but corroborate this truth with this face play. Fantastic work, Dark Lord. Thank you for your service. I, I noted this this infamous smirk play as well. I thought it was excellent. <laughs> uh, and especially now I know he's a 98 degreeser, you know? Oh, yeah. Bars even low. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist-recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Or, uh, Zenob says... You told me you tried to kiss this girl at the bachelor party. You said, I want to kiss one more girl. And she was like, no, I don't do cheating. And he says it literally never happened. So who's... I am confused. So am I. Somebody here is just like... Straight up lying. Full face lying. 100%. And we'll never know who it is. Who do you think it is? I don't know. I ju- I, after the, the tangerine thing or the cuties thing, I just don't know. I don't know. 
I would have said at this point, it's Cole. At this point, I would have been like, Cole is definitely trying to make his situation better than it was. I believe he said all these things. I believe he did all these things. After the cuties, I don't fucking know. Uh, but we'll get to the cuties in a minute. Zainab then says, your words to her don't do anything to her anymore. They used to, but not anymore. Cole says, you're making up a story. Nancy says, after the cameras were off, you all went out and did something. Cole says, where did we go? And looks to Brennan for backup. And Brennan's like, I don't know. I had 20 shots and 20 beers. I was blasted. I wrote, very convenient. So he's using drunkenness here as a way to get the fuck out of this conversation. Smart cover. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't. I mean, he's obviously lying. Cole then maintains that they were Ubered home. Matt says there were no girls anywhere and he Ubered after the bar. You can literally look up your Uber receipts and see where you were the whole night. And I think they should do that. Drop them. Yeah, they show their like Google Maps locations, their GPS yeah. data. Show us the data. <laughs> <laughs> Zenob maintains that Cole directly told her that he tried to kiss a girl and got her number. Cole doesn't know what to say. Nancy says the truth. You can start with that. She's jumping in. Cole asks why she hates him. Nancy says, because Zenob is my girl. Zenob says, your saving grace is they didn't use the footage of him saying mean shit to her about her weight and uh, her face. Pushing food away from her, asking if she's going to eat this and daily comments about her face and body. They protected you. Yeah. Open contradiction to the edit here. Uh, and says literally protected. So she's accusing him of being a protected player, getting protected at it. Cole asks, then why did you stay with me for so damn long? She says, because you had these great moments and she was hoping the, the good moments would come out. Bartice then asked when uh, Zeneb knew she was going to say no. He's kind of coming to Cole's defense here. She maintained she was still fighting for it the morning of the wedding. That seemed like an attack. Uh, she was so concerned about him because she cared so much. Cole says it doesn't make sense that she would stay with him if he was that horrible. That's why he asked her about the bipolar thing. If he's already destroyed her self-confidence and everything, why did she go to the wedding? That feels like a misunderstanding of like toxic relationships. People always yeah. stay in those relationships when their self-confidence has been skewered by the person. It's also a purposeful play here. He knows that they both signed a contract and had to go to the wedding. He's using this as a a way to kind of like play to the cameras like fine then if if you felt this bad why'd you go to the wedding well because we had a fucking contract yeah. dude. so he basically doesn't understand what she thinks he was doing Zeneb then says she could have dragged him for everything he stood up there and uh tried and she doesn't think he was a bad guy even though he treated her badly we learned this is the first time they've spoken since the wedding which is kind of important cole says she didn't uh call him or anything and and or she asked to not talk to him, so he didn't. Raven jumps in and says, that doesn't mean anything. Cole says, hate me all you want. Nancy called me evil. Alexa says, I called you deceitful. It's just going back and forth. They're kind of getting into these little tiffs. He says, Alexa called me evil. She's like, I called you deceitful. And I just looked back at the notes, and that is what she said. Mm. So I'm like, I don't... Both of their words to me, I'm like... Yeah, he exacerbates stuff, and we obviously know she does at this point as well. Cole then says he remembers only getting in the truck with the Source Boys and telling them he thought uh, she got caught up in the TV of it all. Bartiz says he remembers the moment when Zeneb got applause for burying Cole at the altar. DLVL wonders if it was premeditated, if it was just him supporting her. Zeneb says... She had no prior communication with her friends about what she was going to say in that moment. Some of her friends knew about how Cole tried to change her eating patterns and got her down to eating bananas and peanut butter only. She kind of puts that on him. Cole doesn't know what she's talking about here. And then we begin the cutie story. This is arguably the most important moment from this entire season. She says it was 2 p.m. 
She hadn't eaten all day. She grabbed two oranges and he looked at her and said, are you going to eat both of those? She said, yeah, that's a serving. He then said, maybe you should save your appetite because we're going to eat later. Cole is shocked. Can't believe she would say this. Zenob says, it's all working out so wonderfully in your favor. And Cole says, air it. Please air it. And Cole demanding that this footage of the cuties scene be aired was my... Play, 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 play of the game. We're going to see the footage later. They don't play it right here. But his demand, I believe, was instrumental in getting them to cut it into the show. He knew that when this footage was aired, if they would air it, it would a little bit exonerate him. I'm not saying fully it did. I don't think he's like innocent in any of this shit. Believe me. But we'll get to the footage a little bit later and its effect. But I do think him saying this right now in this moment uh, was huge in terms of getting the producers to include it. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> I I think it's a good play because of what happened. I mean, it's obviously fueled this controversy. I don't think. We don't know. We're not in either of their relationships. So it's like everyone, I don't even understand what people are debating, really. Um, well, we'll get into it. Uh, Brennan says there's an announcement and Alexa says I'm not pregnant, uh, but I'm a lot nicer now. We're very sarcastic with my family. Uh, now I've gotten cheesier now that she's married and Brennan says in role play, picking her up fails. I didn't understand what this meant. They, I guess they do role plays. They go out to bars and pretend it's the first time they're going to meet or something. I don't know. Nothing important here happens. They're just kind of like, everything's good. We do role plays. And I, I don't know. Like at this point, after the cuties thing, they should have aired the footage right there. And that's the end of the show. Instead, mm -hmm. we get all of this other shit. They do talk about the abortion controversy, though, about that conversation. And I thought it was interesting when, um, you know, DLNL basically applauds them for having the conversation that was real and important. Couldn't agree more. I think that's one of the most important moments in reality television, honestly. Mm -hmm. um, you just don't see that anywhere. It's definitely like the most memorable scene from this season, I feel like. I yeah. mean, maybe it's the cuties. <laughs> I need to watch the cuties scene a few more times. The cuties thing is is probably like the most important, at least in terms of what is germane to the players themselves. But that abortion scene is like it, it transcends the show. This is two people in a relationship talking about this very important issue with extremely different opinions on it, trying to navigate that. It, it was just like a, a really important moment in reality TV, I feel like. Um, nonetheless. We then just get a deal in L asking them one last chance. You have uh, to clear the air, say anything you want. Cole apologizes to everybody. And he says he's made mistakes. He wants to fix them, try to be friends with everybody. He's producing some tear play in this. It seems genuine. He talks about how hard the process has been. I don't know why everyone didn't speak up here. This is your chance to give your thesis. I think they did. And this is just what we got to see. I think they probably cut a lot of it out of there. Colleen says, uh, you know, the process has been hard. Things she's sad about, but she's so grateful. She's happy she's got Matt. Matt says the main thing he's seen over the past with Colleen. He's fallen more in love with her. Loves cooking dinner for every night. DLVL then asks if anybody regrets the process. Cole says he does a little bit. He says, if I destroyed someone's self-esteem, then I regret uh, everything I've done. 
produces tears here. Zeneb says she forgives him, doesn't hold anything against him. She loves him, wanted to get married to him, but they weren't good together. DLNL then says he's done reality TV. It's a strange thing to see your life on screen. So he's doing a little bit of when I was the bacheloring here. I love to see that. And Cole sobs then. Tears come out. Watching it back destroyed him. Zeneb says there's uh, no one she would have done this with other than him. Blah, blah, blah. Cole's sobbing more, apologizing. DLNL finally says this is the real stuff. This is life. He hopes that everybody's gained from this experience. He's thankful to all of them for participating in the experiment. Blah, blah, blah. They wish everybody well. Then... The show is over, we think, except black screen goes to a title, Zeneb and Cole, The Cuties Story. And we get this footage. I've transcribed it verbatim here. I don't know that we need to uh, <laughs> go through it. Do you want to act it out? <laughs> no, I don't. But what we basically see here is Zeneb is eating the cuties. Cole comes in. Um... They're talking about their their world tour, their wedding, where they're going to go, if it would be after they do the wedding and the show, how they're going to do a bigger event for friends and family. And are they going to go to England? Her family is here. Her family is there. It's going to have to be you know this, this big trip if they're going to do that. He walks over and just starts eating a cutie too. He said nothing about cuties at this point. No, they're eating cherries. Oh, they're eating cherries. Sorry. I didn't realize. There's a bowl of cherries here. I rewound. Because I was like, what? They're both eating these? So they're eating cherries and they're spitting out the seeds. Smaller fruit. Okay, so he's okay with the small fruits. It's when you graduate to a cutie, a slightly larger fruit that he has a problem. So they're just kind of talking about this, the wedding plans and eating these things and spitting the seeds. She's talking about, um, you talk a lot of coal, she says. And he's like, what does that mean? She's like, well, you break out into song and drop bars. It's like, okay. Well, I think the dra- I think the drama starts here. We say we see Zenab's mom says, My mom's side's all in England. You can do a reception in England. And he's like, Yeah, that's what I've been trying to explain. She says, I don't listen half the time. And Cole goes, Everyone hear that? Basically being like to the production that she doesn't listen to him. And Zenab says, You talk a lot of Cole. So uh, there was the tension was rising there. I think it was important to. I agree. She seemed to be kind of jabbing him a little bit. And so maybe there was some malice, some kind of retribution when he says, uh, you know, are you eating two of those? I don't know. Well, she well, she says he breaks out into song. He glares at the camera. This was almost mm. my face play the game. It was very powerful. And then says, are you about to eat two of those? And she says, maybe that's a serving. You okay with that? He says, better save your appetito. Right. Big supper tonight. And she said, I only had a banana and peanut butter. He says, you only had a banana today? She says, I already had. He says, you can have the pokey. And she says, I already had that last night. And he says, oh, are you getting wedding dress body? That's what I have. Yeah. Well, he says, you only had a banana today. Why? And she says, I could tell you, but I probably shouldn't. She says that in there. And I'm like, okay, it's all, but that's about it. There's nothing like super malicious. This doesn't seem like a big fight, a big argument. It certainly to me was uh, much less of an impact than the way she made it seem in the reunion show. And so then it kind of calls into question all the stuff she said. at Right. She kind of infers that it's like some sort of like super aggro scene yeah. between them. Exactly. It definitely doesn't seem like that 
I can absolutely see where she's coming from. This man has basically said, I'm not attracted to you. You're mm-hmm. a nine. Those two skinny girls are tens. I don't know. It's like, it's hard. It's hard to know, but like. I agree. I don't put this kind of a dynamic past him. I think like save your appetito, I think is like meant as a dad joke, but it also like when you really think about that phrase to me, I'm like, it feels like a, like policing anyone else's food is, is a weird thing. I think. I agree. I a hundred percent agree with you, but this footage to me was detrimental to Zanab's overall argument, to her overall mm. tone in the, when she said, I do not, uh, to everything that she was saying in the reunion and that bared to be true on the internet. Yeah. She said this footage would clearly ruin him. And I mean, obviously if there's such a strong debate about it, obviously some people are also triggered by this and for sure. But some people are not. A lot of people took it the other way. And again, we're going to look at the Instagram numbers here. I'll just read these two off for you. Cole has 552,000 followers. Zeneb has 464,000. That's close, though. He's got almost 100,000 more than her. 20% more? There's not like a clear winner to me from that. I don't know. I I mean, plus 100K is a pretty clear winner to me. But the, like we're saying, this footage did not bury him. If anything, it helped him. But he also like was a colorful narrator the whole season. So like, I don't know. But he's the only man in that top three. So maybe that is people voting with their follows. Yeah, I agree. And all I'm saying is that footage did spark controversy around who was kind of the villain in that relationship. My mm-hmm. estimation or what I kind of took from it is like they both, weren't like great in that relationship. They both weren't great together. It probably is better for them to seek their person elsewhere. Um, But that's it. That wraps up this season. Who was your MVP of this game? So I, (laughs) I, I don't think it's of this game, but Alexa is my M M M M V P. I kind of thought of it as like a season long. She got the most followers. She's like the first plus size lead to be getting to be in an engaged couple, to be getting this these numbers of any of the big dating game shows. And I feel like she really got the best edit of anyone this season. At least, I just think her fourth audience game was incredible. She was just making jokes the entire time uh, and was in what was considered the most 40-hour relationship at the time, uh, which obviously is a, a prestigious position in this show. I agree. That is why Alexa was also my MMMMMVP. Played it perfectly. Sitting on that love seat with the protection of marriage, hurling down jokes and insults and reprimands. Uh, beautifully played. And of course, she comes out on top of this whole season. Let's go real quick through the uh, Instagram numbers. We got nobody breaking a million. 
Alexa is at the top, though, with 869K. Raven right under her with 802. Cole, third place, 552. Nancy comes in under Cole with 469. Zeneb, 464. Colleen, 444. SK, 356. Brennan, 328. Matt, 219. Bartice bringing up the rear with 165K, at least the rear of active players in the reunion. And then, of course, we've got Andrew down there on the bottom, the forgotten, as Pace Case likes to call him, with 99K. Not that forgotten. Forgotten, but not gone, as they don't say. But let's, for a moment, we've, this is our first recap of a full season of something that wasn't The Bachelor. How do you feel it compares to our beloved game? Wait, we have one more award to do. What was your creature? Oh, my creature. Well, there were no creatures in these two episodes that I was aware of. So I'm going to give my creature to a creature I saw IRL. This creature's name is Leo. This creature is a very cute Dalmatian, and he was my... <laughs> creature of the week. I had cause to be outside of my home in the past week, and I ran into somebody who was in the pit. Uh, Britt Williams... Hello to you. It was fantastic to see you. And it was fantastic to see your dog, my creature of the week, Leo, the cutest Dalmatian I've ever seen in my life. Thank you for running into us. Pleasure to talk to you. Cute. Yeah. Leo really is a magnificent creature. Sunny the alley cat <laughs> was my <laughs> creature of the week. <laughs> I don't know if I have I talked about Sunny on the podcast. I'm not sure, but I've heard a lot about Sunny. <laughs> that much I can guarantee. <laughs> I could guarantee you, Lizzie does not shut the fuck up about Sunny. No, there is a cat that lives in my sort of alley where I live, and the neighbors all kind of take care of him. And his name is Sunny, and he is the best, and has changed my mind about cats. And I. He sits on the little chair. I sit on the chair. We just sit on the porch together. It's very cute. And he likes pets. Sorry. Now what? You were asking a bigger question. <laughs> well, congratulations to Sonny. Congratulations to Leo. The bigger question is, this is the first full season of a show that we've recapped that is not The Bachelor, that we've broken down. We saw some similar gameplay elements. We saw some similar presentational elements. We saw some very different gameplay and presentational elements as well. What do you think uh, about Love is Blind, both in terms of game, in terms of its status among uh, reality television dating formats? Certainly, it's it's one of the biggest hits. It's going to be around for a very long time. How do you compare it to The Bachelor? What do you think its role is in the ever-evolving world of reality television dating formats? Structurally, I would say the bachelor wins in certain regards because you're building up to this climax of the finale. That's the most dramatic part of the season. Mm -hmm. Love is blind. You're kind of building up to the weddings, but I mean, I guess you are, but they're not, they don't really feel like cliffhangers. They it feel that part feels overproduced like the, the forcing the, yeah. the weddings and the engagements. But you know, I, I've loved it. I think there's a lot of similarities to Bachelor. I think I see so much opportunity for players to go in, Riff Raff specifically, <laughs> and really 
get some huge numbers. Like there's numbers to be gotten. Totally. I 100% agree. And I know that we have talked a little bit about the role of villains in our beloved game and what they've become in recent years. I think we are going to see a very strong movement back to Tierra Lacazzi, Courtney Robertson era villains, these villains we love to hate, who are going to be getting big fucking numbers. I think people who come in unapologetically and are like, I'm going to fuck this shit up. I think we want those people back in the game because Hmm. it's very hard, I think, for most people to look at a show like this. We're talking about Riff Raff, like the idea of 4TWR is already in this game, season three. I mean, it was already in it season one, but the idea that people can come into this for the wrong reasons is ever present. It always will be. And I think in the dating formats, it's specifically detrimental because you have to be there for the right reasons to believe the love is real, to believe the lie of the format. You have to believe that 4TWR is an outlier, that that is not the norm and these people should be shunned. By the way, she says in that sentence, she's like, the process weeds them out. And I'm like, does it? No, obviously it fucking doesn't. Delete your Instagrams. I, you know, like I'll always say that. If you're really not there for Instagram clout, get rid of your fucking Instagram. Nobody is 100% for TRR. And I'm not saying that Alexa and Brennan is in a real relationship with Matt Colleen and whatever. I'm sure they love each other. They also, Alexa also has 869,000 Instagram followers and is selling SpawnCon. So you can have both. You can be both. All of these players are both. That is what these games are. And I think as we march into the future with things like Love is Blind, these additional formats that are kind of uh, evolutions of The Bachelor, that are kind of their weird cousins, you have to now start accepting that this is a game. All of these shows are games. The prize is Instagram followers because they all get the prize. The top players all get the prize. You have to accept it now. If you get engaged, you're not going to have less than 100 thousand instagram followers you're guaranteed 100k yeah and whatever tiktok is going to become whatever the next social media platform is social media is is not going away it may evolve and new platforms may come out that become more popular than old platforms and do different things and whatever the case may be people are going to make money as influencers until humanity is gone now so uh going on a reality (laughs) show that gives you a giant platform and enough fame to become an influencer, that's always going to be a part of why you're doing this. Always. That has to be accepted now. That's really what I'm taking away from Love is Blind. Like the the conceit of the show, the basis of the experiment is can you fall in love with somebody without seeing them? That seems very 4TRR. It's, it's maybe the most 4TR mm-hmm. premise of any of these shows. But the truth is, you're still going to get Instagram followers off that. So there's a little bit of that 4TWR sprinkled on top of it. And uh, I like it. I like the format. I do find the entertaining parts of it to be very entertaining. I think that premise is very strong. It's it's stronger in some ways than The Bachelor, I think, because it's such a... It's a shocking thing. The stakes are higher. The stakes are high, and it's very hard to... Um, Forced a marriage. <laughs> I don't know if it's forced marriage, but... As opposed to kind of forced engagement. I mean, all these engagements, you have to get engaged or you don't get to... If you say no at that moment, you don't get to participate anymore. But um, that idea that you would say yes to a proposal without seeing someone, I think will always be a little bit shocking. Like The Bachelor's format has ceased to be shocking to anybody. And that's a little bit of, I think, why we're slogging through these past two years. It's hard to be like, oh my God, somebody's going to date 30 people and marry one of them. We all just accept that now. But this 
premise of this format. They don't get to see each other before they say yes. That's always going to be a little crazy. And I think that's maybe the the main strength of this format. But uh, we thank you, everyone, for going on this ride with us to do our first recap of a non-Bachelor show. We hope you've enjoyed it. Yeah. Thanks for coming with us as we experiment. I found it creatively so fun to do because we're like coming up with these new things and seeing like new strategies. And like now I have all of these different strategies I could see for a love is Same. blind player. And and we'll see uh, if I can uh, start coaching some love is blind players coming right up. But yeah, for sure I can coach bachelor players and season 27 is right around the corner. So this is going to be our last love is blind episode Next week, our Tuesday episode is going to be the breakdowns of all the incoming players, Instagrams and TikToks. We're going to be talking about who seem like they're going to be juggernauts this season. Someone is already going viral. Somebody's already going viral. There's a lot of good play that's already being done parasocially. And I mean, we are in the professional era. A lot of these players know what the fuck they're doing on their their cellular telephones. So we're going to get into all of that. And then the season's right around the corner. Night one, January 23rd. I can't believe it's season 27. Big things in Let's store. Go. So we hope you'll join us for that as well. But thanks again. And before we go, as always, what is that Dwabat? It has been 7,595 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Dark Lords Lachey. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then 